Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, if you would, please. Matthew, chapter 7. And we're going to look at verses 24 through 27. Matthew, chapter 7. I really appreciate very much learning about how to live by faith. I cannot tell you how much it has done for me in my personal life. It's a wonderful thing to know that Christians can be victorious. It's a wonderful thing to know that we can rise up above the storms of life and the adversities that we encounter in this life and conquer. And not only conquer, but be more than conquerors in this life. World overcomers by our faith. Isn't that what John said in his epistle? We overcome this world by our faith. By what we believe from the heart and by what we say with the mouth. A truth that is timeless. It doesn't matter when you live. It doesn't matter who you are. It crosses every barrier. If a person will believe God and speak forth the Word of God by faith, that person will be victorious. The Apostle Paul, the beloved man who gave his heart to Jesus on that road to Damascus, quickly learned from Jesus how to overcome in this life by faith. He's the one, he's the one that said we're more than conquerors through him that loves us. After encountering all the persecution, all the affliction, all the adversities, all the trials, all the situations that he encountered in life, he can still say, and all these things are more than a conqueror. My God has delivered me out of every situation I've ever encountered in life. And he encountered quite a few situations, wouldn't you say? But I like the spirit about him, don't you? I really like that spirit of faith about him. Yes, we'll be persecuted. Yes, we'll have trials. Yes, we'll have storms. Yes, we'll have adversities. But thanks be unto God, He delivers us out of them all if we believe His Word. If we stand upon the solid foundation of His Word based on the new covenant, we rise up above all the circumstances of life and we overcome. We've been told by Jesus we can speak to the mountains that stand between us and victory. Amen? We can speak to those mountains and they have got to go. They cannot stay. You see, sometimes when people hear how to live by faith, they get excited about it, but then they have a wrong perception of what you're really teaching and what you're really saying. It doesn't mean you're not going to have storms in life at all. Every single one of us will encounter storms. Let's read that. Jesus said so right here. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall uh, doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So he is saying that every 
individual will encounter storms in life. But you know what? You couple that with Jeremiah 5.22. How many of you have made Jeremiah 5.22 become a revelation to you in your heart? In that verse, we are told that God has pronounced a decree. He has set laws in motion by which the universe operates. And he said that the water shall not pass over the sand along the seashore. And the sand is there to remind the mighty waters of the ocean that they cannot pass over according to the decree given by God. When he said that they will not prevail over you. The sand is nothing great. The sand is nothing mighty in itself. But because of the word of God that was spoken, the decree has been set forth in motion and the waters cannot pass over. But when a storm comes, when a storm comes, it appears as though the waters prevail over the decree of God. And we talked about it. You can just hear the conversation going on between the two. The waves, the mighty waves of the ocean are saying, See, I finally made it. I've overcome you. See, I've whipped you. See, you can't hold me back now. Look at me. Look how strong I am. Look how tough I am. Look at you. You're weak. You're nothing. You can't hold me back. And does the sand of the seashore get upset? Does the sand of the seashore cry out and complain? No, it just calmly sits there and says, but you've got to go back. 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 You see, beloved, because of the decree, the waters end up going back, don't they? Now, listen carefully. Jesus said the storms of life will come to all of us, and those storms seemingly make us think that God has let us down. Seemingly think, see, they make us seemingly think that God is nowhere to be found. His word is not true. Think about all the decrees that he made. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. He'll supply all of our needs, yet sickness comes. Yet financial situations, difficulties come. What do we do? We should act like the sand along the seashore and we should cry out. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I walk by faith and not by sight. My God said He supplies all my need and so financial failure and defeat, you've got to go back. Sickness and disease, you've got to go back. Fear, worry, anxiety, you've got to go back. I will not be defeated. Hallelujah, because of the Word of God, the decree of God that has been set forth in my life, I will overcome. God wants us to maintain that attitude of victory. He wants us to understand that that's how He has set things in motion. He has given us His Word. He has given us a blood covenant. What an anchor for the soul. Beloved, Jeremiah 5.22 should be unto you an anchor for your soul. When the storms of life come, don't be run over by the storms. And don't listen to all the voices that blow in the wind. You're not going to make it. You're overcome. You're defeated. You're a failure. You're sick. Your kids aren't going to make it. Don't listen to any of those voices. Just stand there firm and say, you've got to go back. You've got to go back. You cannot defeat me. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 28, if you would, please. Because I want you to see someone who I've already mentioned, the Apostle Paul, carry out his faith in a real-life circumstance. In Acts chapter 28, Paul was operating in the perfect will of God. 
And you would think that because he was in the perfect will of God, everything should be a-okay in his life. But that's not true. That's not true at all. Jesus himself was tested, tempted, and tried. Jesus himself encountered adversities along the way. But what Jesus did was he used the word of God. He said it is written and he refused to waver and doubt his father. As a result, Satan had to flee and Jesus always had the victory. Boy, isn't that good to know? Jesus always had the victory. Well, that's Jesus, but this is the Apostle Paul. He might be in a different class. Well, you know what, beloved? Every single one of us has the same Word of God. We have the same blood covenant rights. We have the same holy angels of God loosed for, for our benefit to help us and assist us. And every single one of us can do what these men of God did when they faced trials and difficulties in life. In Acts 28, verse 1, when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. See, if you stop right there, right there, you start thinking in your mind, where did I miss it? Where did I go wrong? How is it something this awful has happened to me? Once again, people think when they're taught the word of faith, that they're not going to be attacked as long as they're walking in the perfect will of God. But to the contrary, all the more are you going to be pressured by the enemy because you're operating in faith and walking in the will of God. It's up to us to learn how to handle situations through the power of God's Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through faith in our hearts and rise up and overcome just like these men did. The Apostle Paul could have stood there and said, why did this happen to me? Why me? I mean, think about it. I just escaped the sea. We almost died out there. I had to seek the face of God. I had to fast and pray for 14 days. Finally, an angel came to me and said to me, fear not, Paul. You're going to be saved and all those will be saved with you if they'll just listen to what I tell you. And finally, they made it to the shore and finally they found land and finally they were getting warmed by the fire. Think about it. A tremendous trial, a tremendous situation, a tremendous storm of life, so to speak, a literal storm of life, so to speak. Now, all of a sudden, all these others, they're probably, none of them are Christians probably, all those prisoners that are with Paul. Why Paul? He's a servant of the Most High God. He's walking with God. He's serving God, doing the will of God. Responsible for everybody to be safe. But here it comes. Why Paul? And that's sometimes how we are. Why me? Why did that have to happen to me? Or why did that have to happen to my child? Why did that have to happen to my whatever, whoever? 
That's exactly where the devil wants us. When you know you're right with God, when you know you're walking with Him as you should, there should be a confidence about you that represents the same confidence that was about the Apostle Paul. Look at what he did. In verse 5, And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I like that. I like that, don't you? You see, some people say, why do bad things come our way as Christians? They come our way not because God wants them to come our way, but because we have an adversary out there called the devil who is a roaring lion seeking whom he may to devour. He's always on the alert. He is always on watch trying to find some way somehow to get into a person's life. That is one main reason why we encounter difficult situations, why we are attacked of the enemy, and why our lives are seemingly an open prey to the forces of darkness. He is always trying to do something to undermine the work of God in our lives. If he can't get to you directly, he'll try to get to you through your mate. If he can't get to you through your mate, he'll try to get to you through your children. If he can't get to you through your children, he'll try to get to you through your bank account. If he can't get to you through your bank account, he'll try to get to you through your lust of your flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. He will try, 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 try again to get to you in one way or another to defeat you in this life. But you know what, saints? We can be like the Apostle Paul. And we're going to talk about that aspect of it in just a moment. We can shake off the serpent's bite. We can shake loose from what holds us in bondage. We can break the chains of darkness. We can be set free from the poisonous venom that tries to attach itself to our lives to bring us to our knees to get us to bow to the powers of darkness. How else? What is another way? Why is, is, this, is there another reason for our being attacked? And let's face it, sometimes this could be true. Sometimes we reap what we sow. Sometimes we reap what we sow. Sometimes we say some things that open the door to satanic influences, and lo and behold, we find ourselves reaping what we've sown. Remember the Israelites way back when? When they spoke out in murmuring and complaining against God, against Moses, and against his leaders? What happened? Serpents came to bite them, didn't they? Serpents came to bite them because of what they did. See, Paul didn't do anything wrong here. But they did something wrong. They spoke out against God's leaders. And as a result, fiery serpents, or serpents came and began to, to bite the individuals, the Israelites, and they began to die. But I've got some good news for you even at that. That's Numbers 21. You can go back there and read it for yourself. I won't take the time to do it tonight. You know what happened back then? That's when he told Moses to put up the serpent on a pole. And said, you tell my people, everyone that looks will live. Whoever will look with a steadfast look, get their eyes off their circumstance now, and look really to Jesus, look to the cross, they will live. And they will not die by the serpent's bite and the poisonous venom. And even though they were bitten, if they were to look up, and as Jesus said, if I, the Son of Man, be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. For as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the pole. And so they looked. They gazed a steadfast look into a type 
a type of Christ. And as a result, Jesus became the curse. You know that as well as I do. And he set us free. But back then, they got set free if they were to look. Now, you know as well as I do, if you get bitten on your ankle, on your arm, there's a temptation for you to look here. Right? There's a temptation for you to look down there. And try to do something in the flesh to overcome the situation. But they were told, no, you look up here. You get your eyes off yourself. You look up here. You get your eyes off your problem. You look up here. Keep focused. And if you do, what would the end result be? They'll live. And sometimes we get attacked by Satan in our physical bodies. And rather than look to Jesus, who died on the cross for us, who became the curse for us, we are consumed with looking at the problem. We rehearse the problem. We talk about the problem. We consider the problem. And in some cases, people actually complain to God about the situation. Now, why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Why did this happen to me, Lord? You might not want to know. In some cases, it'll happen just because of Satan. But in other cases, maybe there's something that you did to open up a door. Then you do want to know. Nonetheless, we are to look at the promises of God. We are to look at the provision of God. We are to look at the Word of God. We are to look at the blood of the Lamb and keep a steadfast gaze upon those things until we rise up in faith and overcome the situation. And everyone and anyone that looked steadfastly upon that serpent on the pole did what? They lived. And they did not die. They were set free. Also, another reason why we are attacked in this life is because of the world in the fallen state that it is. If it's not directly Satan, if it's not directly something that we've sown into our lives, then there's a possibility it is an indirect attack of the enemy because of the fall of man. Because man fell from the presence of God, he was separated from God, and the whole world is in a state of upheaval. And as a result of the upheaval that is in this world, we are now subject to sickness and disease and, and lack and fear and worry and anxiety and all the negative emotions of life. It's because of the fall of man. So indirectly, we could say, Satan is behind it all. But that could be a situation where maybe you're at the wrong place at the wrong time and something happens. It's because of the world system and the way it's set up and because of the fall of man that we encounter difficulties in this life. It's up to us to do something about the situations that we encounter. Just like the Apostle Paul did. Now I want you to notice, back up in this verse. Let's see. Verse 3, And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. First of all, I want you to notice something about the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul could have been one to be full of pride. He had so many revelations given to him. He was used mightily of God right there in that situation out on the sea. It was through him the word of the Lord came by an angel. He saw an angel. He was right in the beginning when he told them they shouldn't loose to travel because there would be a problem, but they wouldn't listen to him. Finally, they listened to him and they saw that he was right. If anyone should have been gathering sticks, it should have been someone else and not the Apostle Paul. They should have taken care of him. But he humbled himself. He was a man of tremendous humility. He had no pride. He wasn't full of pride. He walked with God. He walked in love. 
He considered others more highly than himself. He worked with his hands. He provided for himself. He did whatever he had to do to promote Jesus. When you're walking with God like that, when you're under an attack, you have a confidence in your heart. This serpent, this beast, fastened. Everybody say fastened. That means to seize or to lay hold on. I mean, he got a hold of the Apostle Paul and sunk his fangs right into his arm and released that poison. You ever feel yourself sometimes just under some kind of a stronghold? And it seems as though the enemy has got a grip on you and he has released all his poisons into your system to try to destroy your life. There are a lot of people out there in a world like that today. And you know what? They need to be set free. Jesus has given us the great commission to set men free, to preach the power of the gospel, to liberate men from the Satan's, from Satan's bites, be it spiritual death, sickness and disease, fear, anxiety, worry, lack, confusion, whatever it is. Where Satan grips people's lives, those people need to hear the power of the name of Jesus so that they can be set free from the poisonous beasts that Satan tries to use to destroy humanity. Well, the Apostle Paul knew what was happening. He was no dummy. He knew what took place, but there was a confidence about him. There was an assurance about him. When you're walking with God and he was walking with God, you know that 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 no matter what comes your way, it's just another opportunity for you to count it all joy and let God be seen among men. Too often we view it differently. We get down in the dumps or people are complaining and murmuring about their lot in life and why is this happening to me and why is that going on this way and why isn't it going right and why aren't I more successful or whatever it is. But I'm telling you something, it's just a tool and a trick of Satan. He's trying to grab a hold of you and put poison through your veins, through your bloodstream to poison you, to cling to you, fasten you upon you and seize and lay hold on you to bring you down and destroy your life. But we need to be like the Apostle Paul. We need to learn how to shake ourselves loose from the powers of Satan. Shake ourselves free from the powers of the enemy. And that's exactly what happened to him. The people thought, first of all, he must be a murderer for something like that to happen to him. He's evil. He escaped the sea, but he's going to die now. He couldn't escape the beast. What has a hold of you? What has a grip on you? What is dictating to your life tonight? What is trying to seize you? Lay hold on you. Is it anger? I mean uncontrolled anger? Is it depression? Is depression trying to get a hold of you? Is doubt clinging to you and it's poison running through your veins telling you, you'll never get healed. You'll never get healed. You'll never get healed. Is some lust clinging to you 
unleashing its poison through your veins? Do you hear those words ringing in your mind? You'll never get free. You'll never get free. You'll never get free. I'm clinging to you until you die. Is there a voice out there telling you you're not successful and you never will be? Or that your financial situation will never turn around? Well, your children are going to be destroyed in this life by the powers of the enemy. You shouldn't bring children into this kind of a world. I've heard people say that all the time. I hear it all the time. Doesn't matter how the world is, we've got a bigger God. He is greater in us than he that's in this world. You believe that tonight? Or is this a fairy tale? Don't let those thoughts cling to you. Don't you allow those things to tell you you're not going to make it or your child's not going to make it. Don't you accept that. Don't you let that mentality cling to you. Don't you let that mindset cling to you. Don't you let those words dictate to your life as to whether or not you'll be healed. Don't you let the devil tell you that your marriage isn't going to work and you're not going to make it. Don't you allow him to tell you that as you're growing older, your mind is getting weaker. Don't you let that happen. Don't you let that cling to you. No, you've got to learn. I've got to learn how to shake off the devil's bite. Let's read on. And he shook off the beast into the fire in verse 5 and felt, I like this, no harm. He felt no harm. Just as the storm waters come to destroy, if we'll stand firm in what we know and in what we believe, and if we'll speak in line with the Word and the will of God, and if we'll make a bold declaration of our faith and declare that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, and we are not being driven with the storm winds of life tossed to and fro, but we're like the sand along the seashore saying it may look like you're prevailing, it may seem as though you are winning, you may think you've got a hold of me, but I'm telling you right now, you will not remain in my life. You have got to go back. You've got to lose your hold. I give you no place in my life any longer. To shake, just as the Apostle Paul did, means to remove or throw off by a violent force. To remove or to throw off by a violent force. You know the devil's like fly paper, sticky paper. Did you know that? Sickness and disease is the same way. Whatever it is that you've encountered in life that's adverse, any adversity, it's, it likes to cling to you like super glue. Do you ever get something really sticky on your finger and you try to fling it off and it doesn't work? And so you think by just getting another finger and taking it off like that's going to work, but it gets on the other finger and sticks there. And it goes from one finger to the next, to the next finger, to the next, and the next finger, to the next. And you, you don't know what to do with this thing. You just can't get it. And finally you put it down, you step on it like that, and then it's on the bottom of your shoe. And you're walking with it like that. Have you ever encountered something like that in your life? How many know what I'm talking about? It's hanging around, doesn't want to let go. That's how the devil is. Always wants to hang around. Never wants to let go. Why? You might change your mind. 
If he hangs around long enough, you might stop applying the principles of faith and then he can entertain you once again with his thoughts and ideas and suggestions of destruction. You've got to shake him off with a violent force. The kingdom of God has suffered violence until the days of John the Baptist, but the violent take it by force. The force of faith, the force of God's Word, the force of the blood and the Spirit of God. And we make our bold declaration just like the Apostle Paul did. He just shook with a violent force that beast, that serpent, from off his body. And you know what? He, seemingly he paid it no attention. He paid it no mind whatsoever. Why? Because he knew. Beloved, hear me. He knew he had more things to do. You ready for this? He couldn't die then. It wasn't an issue. There was still something more to be done. Wasn't he just told, Fear not, Paul. Fear not, Paul. You've got to go before the king. Fear not, Paul. Fear not. I'll spare your life and the lives of all those that are with you. Think about it. So how could he die? I said, how could he die? You shall take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. Paul, if he hadn't had that thought going through his mind, I can't die yet. I haven't seen the king. I haven't been to Rome yet. I can't die. Did that speak to you a little bit? Can't die yet. Think about that. Powerful. You think it through. Can't die yet. Yeah, but everything in the natural dictates to the fact that you should die. As a matter of fact, these men knew that. They knew it. Let's read it. How be it? Verse 6. They looked when he should have swallowed, he should have, he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. You see how men see things? Now, in the natural, all this is true. He must be a murderer. He must be an evil person. He escaped the sea, but he's not going to escape the, the poison of the, of, of the serpent. He's going to die. He's going to die. You've got to die. You've got to die. But Paul's just going about, I can't die. I can't die. There's no way I can die. I haven't finished the, the, the work of God yet. Shook it off. I can't die. Can't harm me in any way. Jesus said so. And all of a sudden now they watch him and they look at him. You know, people are looking. There's proof right there. I said, people are looking. They're watching to see how we react to circumstances and situations in life. They are looking to see what you do. Not when everything is okay. Not when all is well. But when it seems like you're going under, they want to know what you're made of. They want to know what you have on the inside. Do you really know God? Do you know what His Word said? No, this is bread for us. Joshua and Caleb said, Give us the land. We're taking it. God is for us. Who can be against us? And the others said, stone them with stones. They don't speak our language. Which was doubt, unbelief, murmuring, complaining, and all that. Thank God for a Caleb and a Joshua. Amen. So you see, they looked and said, he should have swollen. He should have fallen down dead. But after they had looked a great while. They're not just looking. Now they got out the magnifying glass. 
the microscope. Now, you're in a glass house watching and watching and watching and watching. Should die. He should be dead. And they just keep looking and they keep looking and keep looking. After a great while, they were looking and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds. Isn't that amazing? The mind of man. They changed their minds. You see, we have got to satisfy our, our senses, don't we? Man has to have his senses satisfied. Now, they changed their opinion of the man. He should have been dead, but he's not dead. They saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said, he's not a murderer now, he's a what? Man, you go from the bottom to the top in a heartbeat. You see why you can't trust my, the mind of man? You see why we can't even trust our five senses? Think about it. From an evil person to a God, highly exalted, because he didn't die. They knew he should have been dead. But you see, it had no harm whatsoever because he shook himself loose. He threw off by a violent motion. He freed himself from the power of Satan, from the power of the poison through his faith in God. Sometimes I think we should have a shaking loose meeting. And I'm not talking about a little flick. I'm talking about a violent action. I'm talking about people finally getting to a place where they say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not taking this anymore. What I allow will be allowed. What I disallow will be disallowed. Jesus said in Matthew 16, what I accept will be accepted. What I reject will be rejected. I give you the keys to the kingdom. What you lock up will be locked up. What you unloose will be unlocked or unloosed. What you bind will be bound. That's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to us. It's time for God's people to rise up and say, No, that poison's not going to destroy my life. I'm not going to be overcome by this. I am going to look to the Lamb of God who died for me. I'm going to put that blood in His Word above my circumstance. And whenever I'm attacked by the serpent and the poison of Satan tries to contaminate my life, I'm going to take my bold stand and I'm going to say, you've got to go or you've got to go back. You can't cling to me. I, through a violent force of faith, release you from my life. I won't tolerate it. I won't stand for it. I'm taking what is mine and I'm doing it by the force of faith that God has given to me. Mountain, get out of my way because I'm coming through. You can't stay. Why? Because Jesus said, if I speak to you, you've got to go. But it's a violent force. When Jesus rebuked the fever in Peter's mother-in-law, the word that is used there is a violent term. He spoke in a violent term at the fever, and the fever had to go. Beloved, God wants us to know that we too can shake off Satan's powers. It's not just for men like the Apostle Paul and others. 
Every single one of us has the power, the God-given power, the God-given authority to take a stand against the forces of evil. We have the right to use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in all areas of life, in times of battle, in times of attacks of Satan, in times of unawares, when seemingly you're walking with God, but all of a sudden something tragic might try to happen in your life. I'll tell you something else. You've got to know in your heart, I've got to finish this work for God. I can't leave yet. That's what he did. When you walk close to God like that, see, and you have that kind of a revelation, it puts inside you assurance, an anchor, as I said, for your soul. That's how the Apostle Paul knew these things. Not his time to go yet. But did you also notice that when he wrote to Timothy, he said, the time of my departure is at hand? How many of you recall that statement? Now it's time for me to go. And I'm going to go. But you see, back then, this was not time for him to go. So he took a stand. And he still had to fight. Now, we would like to have it like this. It should just automatically happen. You know as well as I do, if Paul didn't shake that beast from off him, if he didn't take a stand to know that he had power and authority over all satanic influences and to take up serpents, and if he drinks any other thing that would have hurt him, he could have died. But he didn't because he knew what he knew in his heart. Would to God that each and every one of us would rise up to that place in our lives that we too would know, that we know that we know that this too will pass, that those waters must go back, that I am no longer giving place to any of this in my life. They will not cling to me. The poison of Satan will not course through my veins. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Let's stand together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.